spend a lot of time episodes, time leeches, time theft, time death, time bank. I mean, time is a, one of the key dimensions in our life, in our lives. So it makes sense to center a lot of conversation about it. And most people don't talk about time. Well, time is the most, time is the currency that you value the most, right? People talk about money a lot more. Yeah. But that's funny because most of the financial exploitation comes from people trading time for money or money yeah. for time. Like, you know, a real estate agent makes his money because the people don't want to put the upfront mental time investment of figuring out how to buy houses. Like, what do you, what do you look for? So you want to offload it. And that's how the exploitation comes in. Yeah. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk about was, you know, there's two kinds of people or there's many kinds of people, but in this case, there's generally two kinds of people. There's the schedule people and then there's the the non-scheduled, you know, go with the flow people. Well, that always applies. That uh, that statement is always true. There's always two kinds of people because you can, for everything that's binary, you can break the the people into two. Exactly. So it's yeah. not, yeah. yeah, it's pedantic I, to be like, no, that's not the only two. Types. I was giving the colloquial uh, rebuttal to myself. <laughs> yeah, I know. You were, you were preempting the pedantic response. I was refuting myself based on mass stupidity. Yeah. Well, keep, and I do that a lot. Sometimes I'll be like, I don't really make sense here. What I mean is that the average dumbass Joe will think that I don't make sense. So I'm doing him the courtesy of saying that I don't make sense instead of calling out his stupidity. Mm. But now that's out there. So whenever I say that, people will be like, hmm, does he really mean this? But anyways, that would be unfiltered. The true. That's you, I guess, all the time. But your... Your unfiltered takes are not as harsh as, I mean, you're never filtered. You're always just as it is for the I'm most not, part. Yeah. So my unfiltered takes are harsher, but that's why maybe I filter myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. My, my, un, my, my takes are superficially harsher, but your takes when the actual meaning is a lot harsher. Yeah. And, and that's why I have to filter. Cause if I put my actual take out there, no, I, I actually think about that take and I think, is it actually true or is this just unnecessarily harsh? Yeah. So sometimes I, I, I do think it's unnecessarily harsh. But anyways, so <laughs> the two kinds of people, the scheduled people and the not so scheduled people. Now, the scheduled people have an advantage in terms of time preservation. So let's say you're a scheduled person and you have all these hobbies, but you've scheduled them out already. So if someone asks you, hey, you want to hang out? You want to do this? You want to do this? You want to help me with this? I'm moving. You could say, no, from 8 to 9 p.m. I'm taking this class. From 9 to 10, I'm working on my book. And from 10 to 11, I'm doing this and this. So I only have this one hour and that's family time. So you have your lifestyle allows you to generate excuses. Not excuses, but allows you to generate real reasons why you can't invest time in other people's enterprises when they just want to leech it off of you. Now, if you're an unscheduled person, the problem is you don't operate optimally in that scheduled approach. But if you don't have that schedule to fall back on, you have no justification when someone says, hey, can you help me? You'll be like, yeah, I guess I'm free all day. But free all day, free of a schedule, but not free of what you want to do. So people conflate schedule freedom with freedom of what they want to do. Yeah. And this is about you. Yeah. And that's why you're smiling. <laughs> I know, I know. So, this is about last weekend. Yeah. So I thought about this and I thought about a structure in which you can time bank. So what time banking allows you to do, it allows you to create a schedule without the anxiety of said schedule. So you can, for all intents and purposes, for external display, you can say that I have a, a scheduled drum practice class 
from 12 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> and it's an extremely expensive course and we go through rhythm and you can just go into all the details and bore people until they're like, okay, 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 I get it, you're busy. Yeah. While at the same time, you can go home and just do whatever the hell you want. So, but th- obviously this is the comedic layer. Yeah. But the, the other... Now, pe- the thing is, there's another layer to that though because it's more about the the person... It's about the the person who's asking for that task. It's about your dynamic with that yeah. person. Yeah, no, I'm simplifying and it. And then it's also about their perception of that task. So some people perceive a certain things as not as things that are not meant to be blocking other things. Yeah, I, I was getting to yeah. that. Yeah. So when you're banking here, your goal is to preserve your time. And obviously, if you say that I'm doing, you know, I'm going to be like, uh, you know, I'm going to be at home, you know, uh, What's something incredibly pointless to do? I can't think of something. In- installing, building IKEA furniture. I don't know. No, that's that's pretty, pretty pointful. A lot of people will respect that. I was like, oh, you gotta, you gotta work for. Yeah. You gotta, your wife wants you to build the furniture. Watching TV. I mean, that's exactly. yeah, <laughs> something like that. If you time bank, you can keep it as abstract or as concrete as you want. So you can, you can call your time banking a course because you can virtue <laughs> signal in terms of what people perceive. Not virtue signal, time signal. Yeah. You can signal in a way to demonstrate competent, prestigious busyness. And that allows you to get away from things that you don't want to do. But at the same time, the, the other benefit of this is by creating this time bank, even if you're not a scheduled person, the effect of it will actually help you do the things you want to do two, in two ways. One is that you'll actually have said time. And second of all, by having this schedule without the anxiety, it'll be easy for you to follow it yourself. So you might... Now you don't have to do that task that that other person is imposed upon you. But at the same time, you are not imposing a task on yourself either. So there's no imposition. So there's no anxiety from either yourself or others. Because that's the nature of that person is that that imposition gives them anxiety. That's why they're unable to function. But with the scheduled person, they like that imposition. And they self-impose on themselves and create this tight-knit schedule. I don't even know if those people actually yeah. exist. You know what's... I From my perspective, the schedule thing... It's it's more like, for me, every activity is, I can make everything enjoyable for yeah. myself. Like, whatever I'm doing, it's fun. And so, like, even when I'm doing, and so, for me to, like, say, oh, I, got, I, got, I like, see where when you're I, When I put it as a task, I'm implying to the other person, no, I got to do this thing. But it's like, no, like, I'm just doing whatever I want all day and in my mind, I do have a plan of what I'm doing, but like all those things are things that I enjoy doing. And so it's hard to... But do you think that's a way to alleviate the responsibility of actually selecting what you want to do and to kind of create a sense of faux satisfaction with whatever you're doing? Like, oh, I could just play video games yeah, all day. Do you I think there's you an mean. underlying... Yeah, there, there is an underlying... Layer there. Yeah, it's like my personality is like whatever falls on my lap I make the most of it yeah, and then just keep doing it, you know, kind of. And so that... But then it's like all these actual... What if I want to do a bunch of these creative things? But no, I want to do everything equally. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, but it's... It's an easy way to... Because then you don't have to deal with the... Not the anxiety, but the regret of not having done what you wanted because everything, by definition... Became what you wanted. Yeah, no, no, I definitely have things that I don't like doing. So there there is a priority list. Uh, Yeah, and that's kind of actually how I would function it, but... And I think we did time bank a few things by excluding certain things. Like we wouldn't do events that are outside, yeah, I mean, the like thing is, weddings. I, I time bank so heavily 
that certain times I do have to just be like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll actually come. Yeah. Especially when it's like your parents or, I mean, I only do stuff for parents, basically. Like, yeah. I don't do stuff for any, only parents or brothers. Yeah. No and one else will I just respond to, to help Exactly. Out. And I think we time bank so heavily that this advice doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. This but, for other people. Yeah. But then like sometimes when I, when I push too much on the time bank, when the two hours turns into four hours, that's what I'm like. Yeah. And that's what this is kind of about. But yeah, definitely. Because we started doing that when we first started working out, right? We were like, no, Saturday, you know, it was like Sunday night, that's workout time, you know? <laughs> we time banked to the workout. <laughs> yeah. And Even though it wasn't a fixed time, it was a rough time, but it was, you know, like within these two to three hour time slot. Yeah. Or it was more like the day. Like the day, yeah. The day, evening. That day yeah. and the evening. I would go as granular as morning, afternoon, evening time banking. I wouldn't ever specify the hour. You know, people specify like to the minute, like 5.30 to 6.30. I'm like, bro, just, just chill. I'll show up when I want to. Yeah. If you don't want to wait, then go. It's okay. Then I just, I won't come. So if you're so, the thing is, what are you sitting there twiddling your thumbs? Like read a book or something. Yeah. <laughs> like if your life is so meaningless that you have to wait exactly at the minute for your next event to start, then you have other significant mental problems. You are mentally diseased. That's why I, I, I have this quote where I say punctuality is a disease many suffer from. And it's a modern disease, well, not modern, but ever since clocks were invented. Because in the past, people would operate based on the the times of day, you know, morning. And just, just how prayers are fluid, time is somewhat fluid. Now, of course, there's an assumption that if someone is meeting you somewhere, there's a, a fuzzy limit, you know. You're not going to make him wait five hours. You're not going to make him wait maybe three, four hours. Maybe, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe 40, maybe an hour. It depends. But it also... This was baked into the system so that you're not going to just be sitting there twiddling your thumbs. You're going to read a book. You're going to, you know, do some remembrance of God. Do something that's productive and that will be your mode of life, meaning you always carry with you. Now people just like have iPods and listen to music and stuff like that. But they're, I mean, I guess they do the audiobook stuff, but that's, that's still for scheduled things like your commute. But there's never this where you're waiting for someone due to an unscheduled kind of fuzzy time. Yeah, I would... It I causes would, chronic stress in people, I would say. Yeah. Probably the leading cause of heart attacks is, is not stress, it's punctuality. Yeah. It's more of a workplace thing that seeps into people's personal lives. Yeah, because the workplace is about money, not about life. Yeah. It's not about time, it's about money. So, yeah, I didn't think we'd go here. We kind of went in a different direction. We did... Oh, I don't know if we actually touched on this. Uh, this is completely unrelated to this topic, but this actually ties into the the stress limits thing because we were talking about the scheduling thing, right? And how the... Wait, wait, I, I have a few ways to tie this. So, like, the scheduling thing was that part of the issue with punctuality is people's unease with sitting in boredom, right? In sitting you know when i was talking about that whole you need to have several hours of nothing to do so like the whole discomfort with punctuality is that you know if you go there and the other guy you're supposed to meet isn't there for 10 minutes now you have 10 minutes to fill your time where you, empty time yeah an empty time empty from, space time is the biggest fear of most people yeah to sit there without anything to do and just just your thoughts to be left alone with your thoughts is most people's darkest fear yeah that's the existential crisis. Yeah. And yeah. so that relates to the stress limits because when people 
when when that is your fear, then you must fill your time. But when your time is filled, your stress limits can be reached much easier. So, and if you're the kind of person who doesn't take the time to reflect, you'll be more stressed out anyways. So it's like the kind of people that are prone to not reflecting tend to add more stress to their lives by filling their time with things and stressing themselves out even more. Yeah, and if they were if they would reflect, they would empty their space and time and therefore their minds of stress. So they are more likely and that's what I define the stress limit as when your space or time capacity is exceeded. And this can happen in various different dimensions from mind, body, soul, space, time. And how would how would it happen in mind is if your intake, your cognitive intake is overloaded or exceeded you're you're consuming too much information data random social media feed random content and then you're processing that constantly and then you're outputting random information talking to friends coworkers family about just empty talk and then uh, posting on social media and that's your kind of your your capacity for your mind is consistently being overloaded which creates mental stress then with your body you know visual you're 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 looking at things that you either shouldn't look at or are not beneficial for you you're listening to things that are not beneficial you're smelling things this is like people who don't use perfume and just live in environments that have stench you know and then your intake of food and then your output your physical output your exercise or just your movement and behavior what you do with your life rest and sleep would be your the processing of that so if all of these are overloaded or under fed well, if all of these if the input is less than the processing time i think right no i was considering the processing also to be overloaded or unloaded so i wasn't talking about the nature of the processing mm. but rather the the capacity of the processing itself so if you look at the mind one it's not so much what you're intaking is it cuz you could intake something useful but even that you need to take a break from right cuz water is useful but you just yeah. can't keep drinking water and sleep is useful too yeah. but you can't sleep all day yeah so this is purely a quantitative approach to stress mm. okay okay the qualio can be touched on later cuz most people generally have a decent idea that what food is healthy what food is unhealthy what they struggle with is portion size so they'll be like uh, a lot of people struggle with portion i think they may okay they may struggle with both but they accept that hey this stuff is also oh yeah i'm cutting out junk food while they're eating they're eating three bowls of rice yeah yeah true 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 right like rice is healthy though it's right like, i'm on keto but i'm going to eat a full lamb today <laughs> yeah <I'm> just... <laughs> like you know you're you're stressing your body by too much intake yeah and then then your soul has stresses by spirit so that's actually i never thought of it that way cuz like your body by digesting food Yeah. More food you're making your body work more. more stress. I mean yeah. I, I ha, you you do you do think of that because that's why when you're fasting you can sleep less at night. Exactly, yeah. And so yeah, that's why fat people are also less productive because their their body's too busy working on digesting all that food. Exactly. Yeah, and then their sleep quality suffers and life quality suffers. Yeah, and also it's just a waste of time and energy. And uh, then then your soul. Now, spiritual excess is interesting because this is like going to the extreme limits of spirituality not true spirituality but pseudo a, a, yeah a pseudo perversion of spirituality that i'm going to fast my entire life every day or i'm never going to eat this particular food or or some arbitrary yeah, well i don't think those kind of that ex- i don't think that exists but okay but that can manifest in a different way so like unnatural guilt you know an extreme 
perception of the lack of mercy of God, you know, an extreme despondency and despair. So you can go on excess with hope or fear. You can go in either direction of excess. Yeah, so, but I would say those are not excess. Those are deviations. Well, so, that's what an excess yeah, is. An yeah, excess is a deviation. True. Right? So just like the vice and virtues, they're all excesses. So yeah, yeah it's the, that's a semantic thing. With a dimension, yeah. Yeah, and I think I did mention virtue and vice. So, and then, then you have, now these three are kind of your, yourself, you know, mind, body, and soul, your three kind of ways of interacting with reality. And then there's reality itself, which is composed of space and time. Now, how, how do we exceed our space capacity? Well, there's certain markers in space and just that are supposed to govern our life. So your circadian rhythm, day and night cycles, your seasonal cycles, the location, the environment, the weather. These things, first of all, help manage stress. But if you reduce these and their impact, if if in the summer you are balancing the temperature and bringing it back to 23 degrees or whatever. And in the, 23, most people keep it at like 21, I think. Or 18, yeah. 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 So if you're if you're not allowing the cyclical nature of space to occur, then you're exceeding the capacity of space because summer is meant to be slightly warmer. Winter is meant to be colder. And uh, and it's the same thing with your, your location and in environment. Storage capacity is something I thought of. When you accumulate more material than you have space to store, the anxiety doesn't come from... A lot of people tend to blanket bash consumerism. Oh, consumerism is... No, that makes no sense. What are you consuming and how are you storing it? Not just how much it is and, and how are you, what's the nature of that consumption? And, and stress specifically is caused not by what you own, but when what you own doesn't have a proper place or, a or meaning. Purpose, yeah. Yeah, when it's, when it's purchased just for the sake of the purchase and then it's not removed. It's kind of like this, it's the hoarding mentality where you to like remove it would be to admit that you purchased something you didn't need and it's like hey i, I gotta just keep this around because you know i bought it for that like you know i need it sometime you know and a lot of people potentially yeah, use all these things yeah i know i i that gym i never worked out in for the past five years i need it there i need it there yeah <laughs> just in case i start i need it there as an anxious reminder of my continual failure to work out that's what they need they need they create the anxiety that they want to avoid by deliberately keeping those things around. So that's what I'm saying is here that these are stress and they're chronic stress. So they're not so painful that they would cause them immediate need to remove that item, but it's just below the the pain threshold for a removal. And then Yeah. But this yeah. this means that the chronic stress that they do or the acute stress? Yeah, the acute stress that they would uh feel would be significantly the capacity would be significantly less because they've already got, you know, a bunch of sources of chronic stress that put them up to a certain exactly. threshold. And then as soon as one the smallest thing comes, you get laid off or, you it's know, the end. it's yeah, metaphorically and literally for many of them. Yeah. So, and you can't control acute stress because generally that's outside of your control, large life events that impact you, but chronic stress is generally in your control. So you can, you can definitely control that. And then time, there's also an element of stress with deadlines and perception, uh, you know, punctuality obsession, which we touched on this episode or the earlier one? This episode. This episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Losing track here. I mean, that's why we discussed the ah, stress yes. limits. Though. Yeah. So exactly. So time and space. And of course, what you said earlier that every object needs to have 
a space and a purpose. That applies to yourself too. Just like your mind, body, and soul have a space and a purpose, and that space and purpose governs how you should use your mind, body, and soul. Similarly, the places, the objects that you fill your spaces with must also have meaning and purpose. So it's almost like there's different layers here. There's the divine layer, the human layer, the subject layer, and then the object layer. And the way you interact with objects is you give them meaning and purpose to prevent you getting the stress of meaningless items. And also you give yourself meaning and purpose through the divine. Yeah. And then you plan beginning. What there's like a more, there's probably like a powerful word for beginning inception. Yeah. Genesis. Your inception is divine. Inception, Genesis, origin. Those are the three that I know. I mean, inception seems to be the one. Yeah. It's the movie. The whole, it's the, the inception of an idea. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty obvious. I was actually going to touch on this, the the reflection time thing. I think the thing is when you're so, a lot of times, like when there's too much cognitive intake, when you're, when you're doing too many things. Like right now. Yeah, you can't, you don't actually have time to to reflect on it. And so you're constantly, there's no way for you to realize that you shouldn't actually be stressed about the thing that's causing you acute stress. Mm. Because every, I mean, every everything that can, that is stressful, because there's nothing truly stressful. There's nothing yeah. that's going to really, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, you're going to die and then all you have is your deeds, right? So, I mean, if, should, someone, if someone kidnaps you and captures you and they're trying to pull your nails out with a plier. But that's not stress, that's pain. Yeah, and pain is is stress, the perception of potential no, I, pain. Yeah, okay, well, that's one thing, but I would refer, I'm referring no, I, to... Yeah, no, yeah. I get what you're saying, but I was saying like in that case, that would actually be stress where I would accept it. Yeah. But all the other things are manufactured perceptions of p- potential yeah. pain. And and I'd say how you manufacture that stress is through a lack of you know, spending time really thinking about what it is that you're doing. And you know what? Another thing. Most people are their own abductors and torturers. Yeah. I think people use stress as a form of virtue signaling because it's like, I'm so stressed about all this stuff I got to do. You know, you don't know, man, I'm, I'm busy doing this thing. It's like really important stuff. It's like, you don't know, man. Like uh, it's, it's so intense. Yeah. You know, like I'm on that grind kind of thing. That's the meme, but it's actually, it's so common. And like, I was explaining, I was talking about this to my wife earlier and like a lot of these big fields that people you know uh like you know medicine and and lawyers and stuff and like they all like for some reason there's this obsession with seeming with thinking like they're this virtuous act like oh i became a lawyer i went to law school i worked my ass off you know get a lot of money yeah it's like money 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 it's such a joke that an absolute joke at the end of the like all these people are just patting themselves on the back for for making, making money. money. It's an absurd joke. No, that's a great point. Well, I mean, I don't pat them on the back. I know, but most people do. It's like... I slap them on the face. Yeah. Although you shouldn't strike on the face. But I'll, we'll make an exception for, for lawyers, doctors, and, you know, the typical chicken shit and real estate agents. We don't like real estate agents here at Betamaxed. We don't like any job that is either value leeching from society or too self-congratulatory. But also, like, just by its very nature, the medical profession so, is so corrupt. Yeah, there's so few. 
jobs in the world that are and it's, actually... And it's not the profession, it's the people involved. At the end of the day, you can't blame the system. Yeah. If all the doctors were to genuinely behave intelligently and morally, you wouldn't have these kind of uh, legal drug ep- epidemics, right? You wouldn't have this kind of lawyer system where you're just trying to get everyone divorced and divorce rape both parties involved and get money off of them. Everyone's yeah. just trying to money grab, money leeches. Time, time leeches and money leeches. That's what all these people are. At some level, like, I have to think, like, are there actually people, you know, similar to how we have this idea that, like, there's, it's no way, there's no way for someone who's actually good to become a politician and, and reach the top. Is there even, like, are there even good doctors, you know? Like, I mean, I would say there are some good yeah. doctors. But, but then how do you define good? If you're a good doctor and you know some of this is going on, do you openly yeah, talk do you about that? Yeah, and get no, laid then off? you're a chicken shit. Yeah, so... Yeah. But then, yeah, how much... Most people are chicken shit. Yeah, you gotta be... At the end of the day, what you're saying is that I prioritize my family and my well-being over that of societies. And that's fine, you can do that. But then you have to, you have to agree, you have to accept the label of chicken shit. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that it's, it's bad... Morally... To have yeah. that label, but that label is there. It will say chicken shit on your forehead. <laughs> when Betamax If you want to rock it, rock it, go ahead. <laughs> but the label sticks. And who decides the label? But the labeler. Betamax labels you. We label you. We, you know, people don't like being categorized, put in a box. Don't put me in a box. Well, don't be boxable. Why are you guys being so boxable? But you're the one who said that there's two types of people. Well, yeah, of course, because they're boxable. <laughs> Bring, make me, make me change my mind. Be the third kind of person. Descope <laughs> my categorization. I challenge you. Yeah. Do it. Prove me wrong, doctors. Right. Provide a solution that doesn't exclusively benefit you financially. I'm, I'm, I'm even willing to go that far. Get, make it mutually beneficial. Right. Provide the best answer to the best of your knowledge. Be sincere. Don't be a chicken shit. You know, and it's funny because these are all the terms they like to lead with. We're sincere. We're hardworking. We're altruistic. I rarely use those terms. I rarely even, but I've been kind of changing my approach even with comments. I've been using their language against them. Stop stop saying hateful comments, you know, even though I don't perceive them as hateful, but that's their weakness. What these people hate is being exemplified as vice-driven entities. They hate that. They hate being villainized. That's why they tried their utmost to virtue signal constantly. Their darkest fear is being known, not being someone who's evil, but being known as someone who's evil. Yeah, well, their their main thing is to convert every vice into a virtue in, in the public sphere. It's like this collective lie that everyone's... It's like, hey, you know, I, I did something that's a that's that both of us know is just purely a vice. And, but I virtue signal based on it and you virtue signal based on the same thing and we're just patting each other on the back it's like and then everyone's doing the same thing it's like the even it's the, like the shock mold it's like you know those yeah. martial artists where they do the you know even the, the devil punch. even the devil isn't that much of a douchebag even the devil agrees that yeah what i'm doing is i'm gonna try and deceive mankind and i'm gonna try to even yeah. he's not that it kind of goes back to that hypocrisy thing yeah right it's like these people they would never claim because you know you could be a doctor and be like you know i know there's you know, corrupt stuff going on but I'm, I'm too scared to talk about it that's a better position than to say and no man there's not there's no corruption in the medical field yeah you know? 
No, I was going to say the biggest fear of a virtue signaler is to be vice stamped. And that's what we do. We take all these virtue signalers and we give them vice stamps. Because they, they really hate that. It, it destroys them emotionally. Because the virtue signaler in his mind, he believes he's a good person. I'm a good person. I've never done anything wrong. Yeah. I've never done anything bad. And then the the idea of doing something bad gives him a breakdown. Because he, he thinks... He has this angelic persona no, that no, he's it's crafted. It's not the idea of doing something bad. It's the idea, idea of being known as someone. Yeah, yeah, because they know they're doing something bad. In fact, it's the the massive, the mismatch between what their outside character has, what they, what other people perceive them as based on all their virtue signaling. It's like they're, they're building like a big tower that, you know, as soon as, and then it just collapses. The house that, that Jack built. Yeah. Because when, when Jack kills all those people, he thinks he's doing something good. He thinks he's creating some some kind of creativity thing. Art piece, yeah. Yeah. Although that's a different angle, but it's similar. Yeah, I think that's like... No, it's similar because what are these people doing? They're they're destroying people's lives by giving them drugs. Yeah. It's worse in, in a way because you're des destroying millions of people in society. He just killed five or six people. Yeah. I mean, mass... Yeah. Jack was an angel compared to these demons. Pill it's, pushers, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole... And then every doctor you meet, oh, of course, you're the exception to the rule. Every cop you meet, oh yeah, you're the exception. You're not one of them. Of yeah. course, of course, you're an angel. Yeah, a little bit of a... Uh... Yeah. It's like you'd never meet a cop who says, yeah, man, it's it's hard. Sometimes I feel the urge to, to beat up on someone, but I, I hold myself back, you know, because I know, you know, you'll never hear a cop never say something that. like that. No. I'll always be like, no, I, I, I never, I would never do that, man. I would never do that, bro. <laughs> you know, it's like right. this. Yeah, I know. It's like, I don't have the capacity for evil. Oh, so you're penisless. <laughs> okay. Well, then why are you, uh, that explains why you want to be a cop. Right? <laughs> uh, you're not loaded down there, so you, you load elsewhere. <laughs> you're shooting blanks down there, so you got to shoot real ones up there. <laughs> uh, blank shots. Yeah. Empty minds. Empty balls. Fully loaded. Yeah.